Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who does not stretch after workouts, Brent Siegel. How you doing? I'm doing well. Look, uh, the stretching we do is excessive. I stretch enough. End of story. We got a great podcast planned for today. Uh, third member of it, of course, is with us today. He only misses like every other week. And uh, here's the thing, it, you, Ben, you got so many red slips in your tardy thing or whatever, you know, the, the teachers do nowadays. Um, of course, the third member of our podcast, Ben O'Brien. Ben, how are you? Brandon, I would argue that stretching is important all the time, not just not just some of the time. But if you want to take a strategy of just never stretching, then don't be crying to me when, when Trevor all of a sudden is way faster than you because that's the only thing that you care about is how fast you are. Hate to break it to you, Brandon. Trevor's probably faster than you right now. If you guys Trevor's were to race, not faster than me. If you guys Tre- were to race 20 not. yards right now, I think Trevor would beat you in a landslide because Trevor stretches and you don't, Brandon. Trevor would lose to me in a race, and I stretch plenty. There's, there's no, there's no, we, 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 we there's too much stretching going on. You do zero stretching. How is zero stretching plenty? No, I don't do zero stretching. That's not true. That's Trevor, untrue. Trevor, 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 back Brandon that do is zero stretching. He only does it before we work out, and static stretching is most important after workouts. There's no. I don't want to be known as a zero <laughs> stretcher. I stretch. After workouts, I'm tired. I take a little nap. Five minutes. Nap. No, Wake up. Trevor still has good. 25 more minutes of stretching to do. So then I sleep for another five minutes. He then has 20 more minutes of stretching to do. And I'm like, all right, I'll take one more nap. 20 minutes. We're out in half an hour. Bam. No. No. Doesn't happen quite he like that. He literally stands there and just looks at me and waits for me when he could be <laughs> stretching. I look like a puppy dog. Yeah. Can we go home now? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm hungry. I want to go eat. Um, all right. Well, we do have an exciting podcast, tons of great topics to talk about. Obviously the first one we got to get into here is the Super Bowl. Uh, Chiefs beat the Niners in overtime 26, 22, uh, by four. I, you know, three, I'm trying to think about who predicted the Chiefs by four by three. Oh, I predicted by three. They won by three. I don't know what you predicted. Ah, they won by four. the note here says 26, 22. It was 26, 22. Oh. Look at you relying on my note. Yeah. I do rely on your note. I rely the on the was, schedule. The score was 25 Man, Brandon, you must have been on the Chiefs for the whole time then if, if you're going to be that that right on it, man. Good for all three of us. Who Here's are on the, the Chiefs thing. I, the entire time. not looking at the box I, score. I wasn't quite on it at first. I was like, oh, I think the Niners are going to win, as we all heard. But then I changed my prediction because Trevor reminded of me. me of the golden rule. And it's that if you have a bad quarterback, you can't win a Super Bowl. Um, and that's why the Niners lost because they don't have a great quarterback. Um, and... Obviously, there's a lot of storylines to this game. I'm slightly joking there. Mahomes winning his third Super Bowl. Shanahan is now 0-3 in Super Bowls. Um, I mean, this game was... It started off really not that great, and it ended up being incredible. It ended up being incredibly fun. Obviously, getting an overtime Super Bowl is really exhilarating. Um, and there's a lot to talk about, Trevor. I don't know where you want to start here, because we could talk about the overtime stuff. We could talk about you know, the, the start of the game. Where do you want to begin with the Super Bowl? Um, yeah, I, I guess I'll just kind of go through with, with some of my overall big pick. Well, I guess big picture, right? Big picture, Shanahan falls short again. He's 0-3 in the Super Bowl. Like you said, Brandon, he's now fallen, fallen short a lot. And I think that there's going to be a lot of people that, well, there already have been. Just past Steve week. Wilkes is fired. They fired their DC like the day after. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's a lot of people this past week that have, you know, criticized Shanahan and talked about like, all of this stuff, you know, we got the overtime rules talking about like and him not preparing his team like the Chiefs and all this stuff. I think the reality is that Shannon's still a really good coach and that this is just kind of what happens. It's until you win the big one, people are going to be critical. And I don't really think it's fully deserved, to be honest, for Shanahan. I still think he's one of the best 
three, four, or five coaches in the NFL. He's a great coach. But uh, that's the unfortunate reality is that people are going to continue to criticize you um, if you fall short like this over and over again, even though he's a phenomenal coach because of what he's done implementing the system with this offense. Yes, they have a lot of talent, but Shanahan's been in a really good coach um, for a while. So just wanted to say that. I do think Shanahan's been a great coach. And I, I definitely think it's like good to mention that. However, I think the criticism this time is more than warranted because of what happened at the end of the game, just not understanding the rules, not preparing your team correctly. I mean, all those guys, they went back in the press conferences at the end of the game and they said, we basically said we didn't know the rules of overtime, so we took the ball. That's on Shanahan. That's on the head coach. So me, I don't think it's a testament to like how great of a football coach he is, but to being an NFL head coach, I, I think it's warranted that, you know, there's some shade going his way and people are upset. He didn't prepare correctly. Uh, and Andy Reid did, and they knew what they were doing. And they said after the game, I think, I don't remember who it was, if it was Travis Kelsey or someone else, but they said that they knew if they got the ball second, um, they were, and the Niners scored a touchdown first, they were going to go for two. They wanted to end yeah. it um, on that that possession. So they knew what they were doing. So one team prepared, one team didn't, and it ultimately that was one of the reasons that this game ended the way it ended. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, it's definitely one thing against them. I just think the the overall point of like, if people are going to over like it's just yeah. if people are overreacting about like, yes, a hundred percent. He made some mistakes. There's things he needs to work on, but he's still one of the best coaches in the league. The other point is that this is Mahomes' third Super Bowl now, third Super Bowl MVP. Uh, he's three of four in Super Bowls. Um, he's up to I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he's up to like, I want to say 16 or 17 playoff wins. Um, so that's the other biggest storyline. I thought, um, he was, I thought it was 18 and three or 18 and four. Do you know, Ben? I don't know. I was, I had it. What? No, what? Uh, his, what? his playoff record. I thought he was, I thought he had 18 wins. I thought he was 18 and four. I, he's lost. He's only lost two games, two games in the playoffs. Well, other than the Super Bowl, I guess. So he'd be, he'd be three. He's lost one Super Bowl and two playoffs. He's lost three in this. Yeah. Okay. He's lost three games. Yeah, I so thought I he had 18. Wins. So maybe 18 and three. Uh, which is a pretty, I mean, that's an, that's a crazy record regardless of, of what, whatever his playoff record is. I mean, eight, 16 and three, even if we just say it's 16 and three, I mean, it's, it's incredible how, how, and the thing is, is like the other thing about Mahomes, like I hate to be a Mahomes glazer, but like he really deserves it. Uh, like if you look at like the makeup of Mahomes teams, I mean, he's had some teams that like on the surface are like incredible. I mean, we've, we've had the years where he had Tyreek Hill there. And then the last two years, Tyreek Hill wasn't there who I would argue is like the best non-quarterback player or at bare minimum top three. I think we can all agree on that, right, Ben? Like top three non-quarterback yeah, sure. player. Yeah. The, the Probably the best player on their team left. And they then won two Super Bowls. Like it's crazy. And obviously like his defense this year was incredible. You know, like his defense, definitely the best defense he's ever had. And the defense did so many great things. Um, But let's, I mean, I don't think we should discount some of like the running ability Mahomes showed. It's something that like, he does not get enough credit for it, is that he's a legitimately solid runner. Uh, and he just like, to me, I think the thing about Mahomes is there's just no glaring weakness in his game at all. And it's, I don't know how anyone in the AFC is going to make it out. I mean, Burrow beat him once. He might be our only hope, Ben. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't look like Lamar's going to be able to beat him. Uh, and Josh Allen doesn't seem like he's beating him either. Uh, and the other guy that beat him is retired. So I, I don't know if we have a lot of options here. Did you find what his uh, playoff record is, Trevor? Um, no, I didn't. Okay. I, I think it's like 16-3. So we'll just, I, go, I did not we'll just say it. it's 16-3. It's fine. You can get to the near point, Trevor. I mean, it's like we're, we're getting to a point here where, I mean, he, he 
I mean, already, like, is I would argue one of the best quarterbacks ever. I don't think he's past Brady yet. I definitely don't think that. Um, but, like, one thing I was going to talk about is I, I think it's pretty, like, it's not even that far-fetched to say, like, he's pacing to be, like, well beyond Brady. I mean, definitely statistically, he's going to pass him in stats. That's only a matter of time. We did the math the other day, Trevor. I think by the time he's 36 is when he'd pass him in, like, the 10 most major statistics, like, almost all of them, uh, was right around age 36. Which What is Mahomes now, Ben? Is he 28? He's 28. Uh, yeah, and I saw, like, there was a ton of comparisons on Twitter of Mahomes to Brady at 20, or uh, their first seven seasons, which Brady was two years older. Uh, he was 30, and... I mean, Mahomes was was has like the better stats, but granted, I mean, Mahomes didn't play the first year, so he really only has six years of stats. But um, I wouldn't say Brady's teams were quite as good in those first couple of seasons. When especially, I mean, his first season they won. I don't think they were as good as this, as this, uh, as the some of the Chiefs teams that Mahomes has had. But nevertheless, I mean, it does. We are starting to get to the point where like we can at least you know look at the landscape and be like, hey, if he's able to maintain this level of success even take away the Super Bowls, just like winning success and statistical success. Like to me, it's going to be a no brainer by the time he's 36. Another thing is about Mahomes, which we talked about is he doesn't really get hurt. Every time he gets hurt, he just like plays through it. I mean, in the Bengals game, Ben, he, he had the high ankle sprain and he just played, he did. It, it almost seemed like it didn't affect him. Um, and he's, I mean, like obviously Brady's had a couple major injuries for the most part though. Brady was pretty healthy, right? Trevor, like yeah, I mean, he just had the one major injury in 09. Yeah. Um, that was really the main thing. I mean, he he's had other minor things, just like Mahomes has. Um, but yeah, nothing. Yeah, Mahomes hasn't had anything major. Brady just really had the one season. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's one thing. If he can keep this level of health and ability to, like, power through stuff and just, like, continue it. Like, it's, to me, like, it, it just seems like it's, you know, in 15 years here, it's it's going to be, you know, one and above there. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about those. Are, those are kind of the biggest things like Shanahan's being criticized. Mahomes is being, uh, you, you know, he gets his third. Andy Reid with another one. Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator, gets another Super Bowl as a DC. And they resigned him. Um, and they resigned him. He's incredible what he's done with this defense or this Chiefs this year. But um, I was going to go into the, the game as a whole now um, because... Like you said, the first half wasn't super entertaining. It, it, you know, it's 10-3 San Francisco. We saw some turnovers from both teams. It was kind of a weird game at the start. I mean, McCaffrey had the fumble um, early in the game. Um, we saw a little bit later that special teams fumble, which was really important, I mean, for the Chiefs because the 49ers were looking, I mean, really good as far as, you know, moving the ball the way their offense was looking. It was looking a little bit better than the Chiefs, I thought, earlier in the game. Um, and then that special teams fumble was a big deal. I thought that overall, the 49ers offense looked really solid in the first half, but the the overall point is that in a game like this, they d just simply did not take advantage of the momentum they had in the first half. They go up 10 to three. They had a couple other opportunities to make it 17, three, 20 to three, and they really squandered those. Um, and, it, and it's tough. It's a combination of like you can say the Chiefs defense making critical third down plays. Um, Brock Purdy missed on a couple deep balls. Maybe Shanahan was being too conservative. It, I think it's a combination of a lot of those things um, because overall I felt like Brock Purdy did have a pretty decent game. He was really good as far as the short and intermediate throws 
on time, on target. Uh, he did get pressured a bit by the Chiefs, and he handled it relatively well. But when he had to hit those deep balls, he couldn't do it. He didn't hit a single deep ball. He had the one in the end zone uh, that he had Debo wide open the back of the end zone. He overthrew him. That was the one where I was, and this was late in the game. And actually, it was the same drive they actually scored a touchdown on. Anyway, so it, it didn't end up being that big of a deal. But, um, you know, he missed on a few others that were tough. Uh, he had the one ball that almost got intercepted by McDuffie, although McDuffie is someone who he really is a, a great corner. Don't get me wrong. He's great. But there's a lot of times where I'm like, was that holding? Was that pass interference? Like, I'm just kind of and they don't call it because it's it's not blatant. It's not anything that's like it's kind of like a borderline thing that he does. And on one of the plays, McDuffie almost got the interception when he was doing that. Um, that was, I think, in the first place, maybe a bad ball thrown by Purdy he should have let him a little bit more to so that McDuffie didn't have a shot. But it almost looked like it could have been a holding. So interesting stuff there. But I thought Purdy played pretty well. Uh, McCaffrey started slow, had the bad fumble, and then got it together as the game went on. But they they didn't take the momentum when they had it. And they just gave the Chiefs so many opportunities to get back in the game, uh, chance after chance. And then Mahomes, even though he wasn't really playing that well early in the game, he had the bad interception, really bad interception on the, on the run, a throw that he can make but he threw it, was running forward, scrambling off of one foot, a throw that I don't think you should ever try to make as a quarterback. Um, and he's been successful at it, but he made it here, and it was intercepted. He got it together, and the reality is, is that his last two drives were incredible. Uh, you know, getting that last drive in regulation, obviously, that we saw, um, and then the one in overtime to get the touchdown. As far as the overtime thing and the whole overtime discussion, um, based on like what the new rules all are, I would always go second, I think. I think that's just the better way to go. I think if you want to make the argument that, oh, the defense was tired, like I understand it, but I still, I think, would always want to, I would prefer to know what I need to do. And I think that was the Chiefs' mindset there, and I think that was the right one to have. And I also think that when you are going against the Chiefs in overtime, you like they're they're just gonna score a touchdown, I feel like. It's just it's just so hard to be like, you know, they had that third and four play when uh Chris Jones he got free of the blocker and he pressured Purdy and it was a great defensive play. But they had a call like they had a decision there. It was fourth and three, fourth and four. They decided to kick the field goal. And hi hindsight's 2020, but I think there's a real debate that you can argue that they should have straight up went for it on that call because the Chiefs just, I feel like, are always going to be successful in overtime. It's just, I don't know. They also got a little more rhythm going in the late fourth quarter. The defense for the Niners started getting more tired. I, I was at least thinking about it, like, man, should they go for it instead of kicking the field goal? And then they don't, and we see what happens. But ultimately, the Chiefs won the game. This was a game of two teams who looked very evenly matched. And I think the chiefs, they made the critical plays to win. And ultimately the Niners didn't, they, they were the smarter team, the more experienced team, and they made the critical plays when they needed to happen. So those are my thoughts. So, yeah, I, I agree with some of the stuff you said. I, I want to talk about Brock Purdy. I don't understand the analysis that he played well in this game or even like remotely good now i also don't think he played bad at all but i just think he played fine to like not great uh we look at his 
stats here. He went 23 for 38, which is, I think, just under 63%. He averaged under seven yards of completion. He was only sacked one time, but a lot of the times he mm -hmm. got blitzed, he threw the ball and made, I wouldn't say poor decisions, but like they were just not great passes. Like it's either throwaways or there was a lot of balls at people's feet, a lot of overthrows. Um, and throwaways versus sacks, which are good plays. They're fine. They're it's like a place. net. It's like a net neutral. It's it's fine. No, but when you when you throw the ball away and you don't get sacked, that's a good. That's a smart. That's being a smart quarterback. A lot of it's, quarterbacks don't it's, do that. It's fine. Ben, would you back me up here? Like, it's. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's not like like I wouldn't like. I'm not crowning a champion for throwing the ball away. No, but for him, him avoiding sacks in the way that he did, only getting sacked once, that's one of the best things he probably did in this game. And that's that like that is a good thing that a lot of quarterbacks we talked. I mean, we've talked about it before with other guys who don't do this and they just take sacks. And it's like, why are you why are you taking the sacks? And, and Purdy doesn't take many sacks. It's impressive. I, I think it depends, though. Like, for example, like taking a sack on like first down, not great. OK. But like, for example, on third down, which this is something he did, it's fine to take a sack. It doesn't really matter. Now, if you're in field goal range, it gets a little choppy. But let's say you're at like your own 50. Who cares if you take a sack? It doesn't matter. That's so I think it's it's relative. And there were times on third down specifically that he would just kind of throw the ball in. I'm like, this is it's fine. It's not bad. It's not great. But like, it's just wasted. Like, it's a wasted opportunity. Try to make the play extend a little bit longer. If you get sacked, it's OK. It doesn't really matter. So I think Brock Purdy played Okay, I I mean just fine. This seems like to be the Brock Purdy standard here, in my opinion. I mean, averaging seven yards under seven yards of completion is not good. That's bad. Uh, that's not good at all. Um, and one thing I find interesting is if we look at Lamar's stats against the Chiefs the week prior, they are relatively similar. He has one more pick, but he has more yards. His same amount of touchdowns. He has a better completion percentage. Uh, so they're pretty similar, but Lamar was regarded as having a bad game. And I also would agree he had a bad game. I think just Purdy also didn't have a great game and like we're crowning him as like having some good game. I mean, they only had 19 points in regulation. He was responsible for one of the touchdowns and it was a 10 yard throw. Uh, you know, he didn't complete a pass over 24 yards. His A dot, he didn't throw a pass, a literal pass over 20 yards. So he he just played fine. He played Brock Purdy fine. He did fine. Ultimately, he's not as good as Mahomes. And that's, in my opinion, the main reason they didn't win. They also, I just think the offense as a whole wasn't great. I mean, McCaffrey ran 22 times for 80 yards. He did have 160 scrimmage yards, uh, which is pretty good. Uh, specifically had a touchdown uh, on one of the catches. Obviously, that was from Jawan Jennings. Um so like that, I mean that's that's good. McCaffrey played okay. He fumbled, which is not good. But overall, the offense just didn't play good, um, in my opinion. Not that the Chiefs' offense played like drastically better, but Mahomes played really well when he needed to. He had three hundred thirty-three yards. He averaged seven point two yards, uh, completion, two touchdowns. He had the one pick, which was probably his worst play of the day. But besides that, I mean, I don't really even know if he made that many bad plays, uh, outside of the pick. Uh, so Purdy for me, just I would rate his performance like a four and a half out of ten. It was okay. It was probably slightly less than average. Uh, I'm interested to hear Ben's thoughts in a second here. To discuss the overtime rules, I am. I feel like it does not matter if you go first or second. I see the advantage of going second, and I see. I think if in the instance I had a choice, I would also go second. But ultimately, you need a touchdown and a score or in a stop. Touchdown and a stop. If you score first, let's say the 49ers get a touchdown and they get a stop, they win. We don't have this discussion. Let's say they don't score at all, and then the the uh, Chiefs go down and kick a field goal. We have the same discussion. I think ultimately how the game played out led to this discussion happening. 
But the Niners had a very good offense this year, and they had a very good defense this year. Either one of these teams, if they take the ball first, I feel like should be confident they can get a stop. Now, I'm not saying they will get a stop, but if I was either one of these teams with both these defenses that are top three defenses, four defenses this year in the league, I would be like, I think I can get a stop regardless. Now, again, I do understand the going second ideology. I'm not saying it's wrong at all. All that I'm saying is I think it's like, I'm not saying that the Niners made the right decision, but I'm saying I don't think it matters at the end of the day. If they were able to get a score and a stop, they would have won the game. So, Ben, let's pass it off to you. Some of your thoughts on the game, maybe the overtime. You said you had a lot of thoughts. We have not heard them yet. This is new information to us. Uh, so what, what what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. About 90% of them have already been said, so I don't need to say a whole lot. Um, I, my first thought was, and I saw this on Twitter a lot, I, I really, really hope it's true. Patrick Mahomes is 28, so this should not go on for much longer. That is the goal here. He is already 28, so hopefully here in the next two or three years, his prime will be over. That's That's fingers crossed. That's the goal here. Yeah, I don't um, think that's happening. Yeah, I'm I'm well aware of this. We're gonna be doing this for ten more years, and I I hate it. It's the worst. I'm living my nightmare. I think we're um, doing it more than ten years, unfortunately. We're not gonna talk about it right now. Um, <laughs> uh, in terms of the overtime, I wrote down. I I love the new overtime. I don't know why this was not. Can this know, just be the is, overtime in the regular season? Why was this not the it's overtime better. in the regular season? This is way better. All right. And I also yeah, wrote Shanahan why do you does not like a different the overtime. overtime in the playoffs and the regular season. It, it, this this overtime's the best because it's just more football. I'd rather watch more football than less football. I want both teams to get yeah. the ball in overtime. It's basically just the college rules, but the whole field, which is awesome. Um, so I love the 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 overtime. Kyle Shanahan does not like the new overtime rules because he doesn't understand how they work, and his players don't understand how they work. But it was it, it was a. Uh, I liked it. I, I I think I, I really texted. I was like, I don't know why he didn't defer here, but whatever. Um, and clearly, we the reason why he didn't defer is because he's like, oh, I want the ball third. Well, the idiot didn't understand that he was never going to get the ball third in the, in the first place. So um, I don't know. Whatever. I like the overtime. In terms of Purdy, I just wrote down he was just fine. I don't think he's the reason why they lost. He was good enough to win the game. Uh, he's not the reason why they lost the game. Patrick Mahomes is the reason why they lost the game. Um, and Patrick Mahomes, like he's. He just, it doesn't matter. Patrick Mahomes could be awful for 99% of the game, which he wasn't, like, the first half he was bad. He wasn't good. But for whatever reason, in the second half, when it comes down to it, the last couple drives, the fourth quarter, him and Kelsey just, it doesn't matter how poorly they've been played, you know they're going to play well at the end of the game, and that's what they did. Uh, Travis Kelsey had, like, one catch in the first half, and all of a sudden, the second half um, comes around, and he knows he's got to start doing something, and him him and Mahomes start lighting lighting up the scoreboard. So, it's just... It's frustrating. It's it's annoying. It's I, I honestly, Trevor. I think it's karma. I mean, I I, I was so obnoxious about Tom Brady for 15 years, um, and I'm sure Trevor was too before I knew him. But it's just it's karma, Trevor. Like I can't even be that mad about it because I was I was dishing it out for so long. Now I just have to take it and just watch somebody that I can't stand and Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs just just win every year. Um, and it's frustrating. And somebody's got to stop him. And, and people keep saying it's Joe Burrow. But the issue with Joe Burrow is he like you know somebody breathes on him and he gets hurt. So. That if, if we're counting on Joe Burrow to be the, the problem here or the solution here to fix fix the NFL, I don't I don't know how how confident I am in that, but um it's it's just the worst. I'm 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 not happy. I can't keep doing this. I really if, if they win three in a row next year, I'm gonna be ugh, it's just gonna be the worst. I this is bad for all of us. It's this is not good for football. Actually it's the opposite, it's very good for football, but I don't know. I'm so upset. Honestly, there's one thing that I, I have to make sure we mention, Brandon, because I've been fighting this battle for a long time, and I'm finally, finally, finally getting some backup here on it. Tony Romo's the worst. He's just awful. He's the worst. What? He's not good at his job. 
And he's finally, after this Super Bowl, he finally started getting a bunch of hate online. And I feel validated because I've been fighting this I feel like he's been like getting hate years. for like a year and a half. I know. It's, it's so Bowl. nice. No, dude, he's so bad. And, and the crazy thing is the people that are – what people are saying online is the same exact thing I've been saying for years. And nobody ever wanted to listen to me. But now all of a sudden he did it in the Super Bowl. It's true. When the Chiefs – and he did this with the Bengals games too. When the game is over, he just starts yapping. And like he doesn't know when to let the moment breathe. Like the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, Jim Nance makes his call and then shuts up. And Tony Romo just yaps for like 30 seconds straight. He doesn't shut up. He does not know how to let the game breathe. He's always got to be talking about something. When no one wants to hear him talk, I just want to hear the celebration. I want to hear, I want to see the confetti fall down. And he never shuts up. He finally started getting hate this year off the, off the Super Bowl. Trevor, you know it's true. He's not good. He's definitely gotten I worse. Think, I've always said he's bad, but I, I will admit he like at one point he was pretty good. He's definitely not as good as he once was, and I don't know what I, it is, but it seems like he's almost in his head. Like he's I don't know if he's overthinking it, if he's hearing the chatter, but he's definitely not as good as he once was. I, as a big Romo fan, I I agree with some of this. I think he has gotten worse. I think the thing that was so great, I don't care about his yapping at all. That I could care less uh, if he does or doesn't yap. I think the thing that was so great is that he was. He's such a bright football mind, and he would give, like, actual good analysis on the game. Like, before plays, he'd be like, oh, this is this type of thing, and, you know, this is why they're doing it. Or, like, I would do this in this situation because of this. And he'd give actual good football analysis. So I don't care what he does after the game. However, I think he's doing less of that. I don't think he's been quite as good because he's done less of that. And also, I don't agree, Ben. He's been getting hate for, like, a year and a half, two years now. After his first year in it, he's been getting a lot of hate. I do think he hasn't been quite as good. I will say next year— we have a, a new person, one of my least favorite football players ever, but we do have probably one of the best football minds ever being a, a, a commentator and Tom Brady. As much as I hate him, I'm really excited to watch him commentate because I think he'll be incredible. Oh, we uh, can even talk about fun. this. A hot take. Tom Brady should not be the A-team co- uh, analyst on Fox. Greg Olson's, in my opinion, the best play-by-play guy in Greg in Olson, he's, he's, he's really one. improved. Good. Greg Olson's really one. improved. I, I, yeah, the fact that he is he's that he's been getting bumped down and it's going to cost him like six mil a year to be the B team guy, I, he should be very upset. And I get it, it's Tom Brady, but Greg Olson's phenomenal. I'll take Greg Olson over Romo. I think day. we're going to learn that Brady's going to be. This seems like a perfect thing for Tom. Like really, really great. He he's a good talker already. He's very witty. He's very funny, um, and he knows a ton about football. Like I think it's just kind of the perfect thing for him. Um, so hopefully he does well because I'm excited about that. But yeah, I do agree. Romo's been slightly less good. I think during the game, Romo was great. I enjoyed Romo a lot I, during the game. I thought he was really good. I didn't even pay attention to that. I know. After I didn't even know he after yapped. the game yeah. stuff. I wasn't I no like I was. I, he always does. I didn't even know until I saw it on Twitter after, mm. and that's the only reason I was like, oh, I didn't even realize. Like I didn't even. Yeah. I, I didn't even really pay attention to it, and I was listening. That. I just didn't really. It didn't really process to me that that was happening yeah i thought he was good during the game um but yeah I, I guess the only other thing that i wanted to just touch on is i think that mahomes has gotten to this point and maybe it was maybe it was already this way last year but i feel like him and brady are the only two quarterbacks where it feels inevitable like it's just like regardless of what's happening there's this inevitably inevitability feeling about both of them where it's just like they're going to find a way. And I don't think like like Peyton Manning's had he had some bad losses. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers fell short over and over again. And it was more of like a Aaron Rodgers is going to continue to choke. And then like Manning had a bad interception, that Saints Super Bowl. Mahomes and Brady are the only two guys that I've watched. I Again, I wasn't alive. I didn't get to see Joe Montana. Maybe you could argue that he was the same way. But these are the only two guys where I feel that inevitability about and it's just incredible to watch as far as, you know, we'll see like 
where he goes from here and you know as far as the legacy getting comparing him to Brady what you know whatever you want to say I think after this year if he wasn't already I definitely put him over Peyton Manning now I think what he's accomplished um with the three Super Bowls what he's done I'd put him over Manning I'd probably have him third right now behind Montana but like he's gonna pass Montana he's going to if he hasn't some people would say he already has so it's you know, I, I'd have him probably third, and he's pacing to to catch Brady, but Not we'll catch. see. He's pacing to way past him. He's he's pacing to to probably pass him, but there's a lot of things that's going to have to happen. I mean, uh, you got to remember they played in the playoffs twice. Brady beat him both times. He outplayed him in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I know Mahomes' offensive line wasn't doing very well, but Brady was awesome, and Mahomes wasn't in the Super Bowl, and then he beat him in the AFC Championship too. So. You have those things. You have, I mean, Brady has won 35 playoff games. He's 35 and 13. Mahomes is 15 and 3. I got that stat for you. 15 and 3, so 20 more playoff wins. It's just a lot. The totality of what Brady has done in his career. I mean, we can look at passing yards, passing touchdowns, all of these overall stats. Brady has about 90,000 passing yards. Mahomes, 28,000. Uh, Brady, 649 passing touchdowns. Mahomes is at six or 219. There's just a lot of things here that when you look at it, it's it's a totality of longevity, of consistency. Can you sustain this greatness? And Mahomes has had such a great, he's had six years as the full starter, and he's been awesome for all six. This regular season, not quite as good, not quite to the standard that he's had in the past. But Brady started his career slow. So when you compare the first six years, yes, Mahomes' first six are definitely better than Brady's, but Brady was nowhere near his prime. He had the 07 season after that, the the following year. Then he had the whole run in the 2010s where he made where he won his other four Super Bowls. So it's a big, it's it's a long run. He can do it. Mahomes can do it but it's just a long way to go. So we'll see. And I'm excited to watch because he's fun to watch. He's a likable guy. I like Mahomes. Um, he's a likable guy. I don't think most think NFL fans guy. would say that. Well, I disagree with most NFL fans. I like Mahomes. I think he's uh, entertaining to watch. He's fun to watch. And, you know, we'll see what happens next. Yeah. I, uh, as a non-biased party of someone who's gotten beaten up by Mahomes and Brady for my entire life, um, I, I, I don't like Brady. Mahomes is like whatever. I, I wouldn't say I like him, but would dislike him. He's fine um, as like a person. Uh, it, it's annoying that the Ravens are going to have to lose to Mahomes for the next 15 years. Um, and I'm just going to have to wait it out. Just wait it out. Wait it out. But I do agree with what you said. Both of them feel inevitably, inevitable, especially as like a person that doesn't root for either one of them uh, or hasn't in the past. Like it. Feels like when I go up against them, it's just, I mean, I said this before the game, in my analysis, I'm like, I think the Ravens are the better team, but one team is Patrick Mahomes. And I was like, like I really think that either team can win, but one of them is Patrick Mahomes. It feels inevitable. And so I think that's a good way to put it. Um, I think the last thing on Mahomes versus Brady, it's just going to come down to like, if you value stats, I don't think Mahomes is going to get seven Super Bowls. That just seems like such an incredible number. I mean, if he does, that'd be insane, but I, I don't think he's going to get seven. He's going to like and, way pass him And in also stats. like Mahomes is going to be playing long after Kelsey retires. Yeah. He's probably like, is Andy Reid going to coach for the rest of his career? No, I don't think not. so. Andy Reid's older. So, yeah, so I, there's going to be like a completely new era of the Chiefs in the same way that it was. I mean, Belichick was there, but in the same way that it was with Brady, like the entire team makeup changed over. 
um, multiple but, but times. But team makeups will change. Like, that just happens. That all happens, that right. happens when but you play he, for 20 he years. He has an know? experience. I mean, yes, they lost Tyree Kill, but overall, he hasn't really experienced that yet. He's about to. They've, Kelsey's they've, gonna retire. They've had a pretty, pretty drastic. It's just Kelsey that's really stayed there. I mean, don't you remember when he started? Kareem Hunt was like a rookie of the year candidate. I mean, he was incredible his rookie year. No, but and no, they, but that's not what I'm saying though. Like, they're they're the the overall makeup, the way they play, the like, it, it's gonna change a lot. I think um, it has changed already with like the Legion career. of Speed or whatever they called, where they had Hardman Hill. Uh, they had Sammy Watkins and stuff. They played way fast. He was chucking it down the field all the time. He doesn't do that anymore as much. They they play way different. They play much more inside the numbers because they don't have the wide receiver talent they used to when he had like 50 touchdowns his like second or third season. They weren't able to play like that. But I get like it's not it wasn't a drastic change. Like it wasn't like insane like some of the Brady teams that they had. So and he's definitely gonna have to go through that. I I think for sure he'll go through a, a, a coaching change, which Brady didn't go through really until he went to the Bucks. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. It's just time. Time will tell. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I think this is enough NFL. Uh, no, no, there's for... one more thing we got to talk about. There's the most important thing we have not touched on. We have to What's talk that? about it. The halftime show below average. Okay. Underwhelming. I, I don't know how not you think this. Fan. I don't halftime show Well, okay, great. perfect. Let's, let's, let's think about it then. Let's go back 10 years. All right. You, are you telling me that there are five performances that he was better than? In the last ten years, I can't find five that he was better. I don't than. remember five performances. Yeah. I just right, know perfect. this one was I good. I do. Here's the best part. Yes. I do. All right, let's go back ten years, Trevor. Trevor, there's no way you're gonna tell me there's five that he's better than because you like most of these people. Well, Katy Perry the, wasn't the, better the, than Katy Perry. Katy Perry was not good. No, that's that's not true at all. He was not better than, but than also, Katy Perry. But also, I didn't pay attention to half these Ben. So I, I okay, just well, have perfect. To then I so I'm, then I'm the only. I'm I don't the only know one if that, we need that, to compare them. Like I. Why do we need to compare them? Why, it could just be good. I think Usher because I, had, I said like, it was because I said it was underwhelming. And if you look back the last ten to twelve years, it was below average. That's all I'm saying. I nah. I think it was really solid. Like I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I disagree. I, th- I think it was. I think we are on a run of really good halftime performances. I think we have had three straight now that are some of the best that we've ever had. And maybe that's just because that I'm getting older now, and the people that are doing but halftime see, shows are more relevant to me. Maybe that's why. You but can't. Like, you can't honestly tell me that Usher was one of the best we've ever had. That's just that's so wrong. Usher, I think yeah, Usher I know was it's, one I know of the best five I've ever seen. That is, dude, he Top wasn't five, one of the best I've five seen. in the last ten years. He was not one of the best five in the last ten years. I, I think you're he was, crazy. So. You I are think he was. crazy for thinking that. Oh my I gosh, think I can't Rihanna. Even take this seriously. I think Rihanna may have been. Then you're the best definitely I've ever in like seen. the minority here. I'm surprised you're so surprised. I mean, Twitter loved the performance. Like it was. Like, um, I, but why here's Rihanna the thing: though, it doesn't matter. Every year, every year you're going to get Twitter that's going to love and hate. There was people on Twitter that no. hated Rihanna last year, which is crazy. Like it's every year you're going to have people on both sides. So I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, me personally, I think it was underwhelming. And I, I've never been a huge mm. Usher fan in the first place. I was going to um, say, you, you probably aren't you a big, two, Did you know any of the songs, really? No, uh, maybe one, one or two. Okay, so like, um, okay. I mean, this is going to contribute. I knew like almost absolutely. every song. I, I did, played, I, so. did I not say this is 100% subjective? And this is my well, opinion, but I think it was music. below average. And if you think about the last 10 years, I think at the best, he's sixth. Sixth best in the last 10 years, in my opinion. So I mean, okay, so I'll, I'll go through it real quick. Rihanna, All right, let's do it. Katy Rihanna. Perry. We're about to do 40 better than Katy Perry. Yeah, we'll he, was, <laughs> he was better. He, well, you two yapped for 30 minutes. Let me let me give my five minutes in. All right? He was better than Katy Perry. He wasn't as better. Wasn't as good Ben's as Katy like, Perry. Ben's like, let me talk about the halftime. Was not as, yeah, this is way more. I care about this way more than the football. Not as good as Katy Perry. Not as good as Coldplay with Rihanna or with uh, Beyonce and Bruno Mars. Um, was not as good as Lady Gaga. He was better than Justin Timberlake and Chris Stapleton. He was better than, than Travis Scott and Maroon 5. He was better than... Um, 
Shakira and J-Lo, but Trevor might disagree with that. Okay, then you get to the weekend. I don't know. That's iffy. And then the last two, bef- or the last two, he was not better then. So it, again, I think at best he might be sixth in the last ten years. But if you go even further than that, the last twelve years, he wasn't better than Beyonce. He wasn't better than Bruno Mars. So at the best, he's six out of ten, or he's eight out of twelve. Okay. So again, that's just my opinion on Usher. He was fine. He was. He was again. It wasn't anything crazy. Um, but it was whatever. I, I, would, I just wanted to justify why I texted you guys and said I was underwhelmed, and you guys said I was crazy, and that you really liked it. I was not a huge fan. Another thing is, like, the visual aspect of this performance, like, on roller skates and stuff was really cool. I, I yeah, really it enjoyed it. Right. I liked it a lot. Nothing creative. I, I think it was... Whatever. It's creative. I, we haven't seen that on a Super Bowl performance. Yeah, the best was when the, the chick that flew off the stage on the roller skate, she got a huge black eye. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I don't... I don't know. I liked it. That's all I got to say about it. I, I don't even remember. Every single performance you said, pretty much, I don't remember. Which well, is more of a testament to my bad show. memory. I, I care about the halftime show I more than the actual it. game. I watch it. I watch it every year. I like it. I know. I'm just saying. I care about the halftime show more than the game most of the time because most of the time the game is a team I hate. So I was looking forward to this halftime show more than anything. I, and this is I why the people through. tune into the podcast because I'm a pop culture guy right here. Oh, yeah. As you said, you know culture. no Usher songs. <laughs> That's not true. I, I, said, I said I didn't know any songs he played. There was like five or six songs that he didn't play that I would have loved for him to play. The Usher halftime show of the ones I'm going through here back to 2001, the Usher halftime show is my fifth favorite. Okay, but here's the thing. Again, you're going to make the same argument you just made to me. The first like 10 in the 2000s, you're not going to be a fan of Prince or Madonna or U2. You're not going to like any yeah. of those performances. Yeah. So that's my point. U2, that's why, that's why I kept it. That's why I kept it in the time that since I've actually started caring about the music the last 10 to 12 years. I don't remember U2. Then, like, then it would be fourth. Yeah, it was like 2001. It's, it's fourth of the last like 12 or whatever. Probably. You're crazy. I disagree. It's with debatable. That. I can't believe you Usher think that. Usher versus Shakira J Lo is debatable. They were close. It's like a tie for Yeah, they third. were both they were both bad. <laughs> they were both no, bad. No, they were both good. They were both no, good. Rih- <laughs> no, Rihanna's number one, Dr. Dre's number two of the last I don't one. know. Whatever Travis Scott was, that was great. I that remember was that terrible. one. That was one of the worst ones. That was awful. <laughs> it was not a good performance. <laughs> I, I just don't I don't even remember it that well. All right, let's let's move out of uh the NFL here. Let's get to some uh basketball related topics starting some college basketball uh we had some interesting upsets uh this week Trevor I'm sure you're gonna want to discuss um so why don't we get right into it yeah absolutely um as I am pulling up college basketball here we had uh, you know we had some good games it, it this isn't the week it quite was last year we had last Saturday which was awesome but we did have some a couple upsets here Kansas gets uh destroyed by Texas Tech 79 to 50 that's a shocker, but hey, how many times can I say that's just college basketball? Like that—that's what it is, you know. Kansas, they get beat by twenty-nine by Texas Tech, but somehow they're still like one of the best six teams in the country. It's kind of wild, but I, I do believe that. I think they are still one of the best teams. And then let's follow it up with North Carolina. They lose to Syracuse, eighty-six six seventy-nine. North Carolina is still one of the best six or seven teams in the country. Um, we had Auburn who destroyed South Carolina. That was a bad look for South Carolina after how good they had looked the prior two weeks. Um, but other than that, I mean, we had some good games. Then we have some more good games today. Again, we're recording this on Saturday. So a lot of the good games are happening today. Um, we have Marquette and UConn at three o'clock. That's the primary game I'm, I'm looking forward to. We also have Kentucky and Auburn. Um, Kentucky going at Auburn. That's a good test for them. Kansas, can they bounce back? They go at Oklahoma today. So a lot of good games today that we'll be, you know, looking forward to, to watching. But 
other than that, the only other thing I wanted to talk touch on quickly was like the player of the year race, um, because we did get like a midseason watch list, uh, like a top 30. But Ben, I'll, I'll throw it to you. Um, if there's anything that you anything else I didn't mention that you wanted to talk about in college basketball before we kind of go over like the the player of the year stuff. Hey, Trevor, I'm going to be honest. There's not. I don't care. OK, fair enough. Um, so, yeah, the, the player of the year race, they kind of release this, I think, right now. Um, of all of the guys that are on this midseason list for the Naismith Player of the Year, the favorite is is going to be Zach Eady. Uh, I mean, Purdue is they're the number one team in the country or, or number two, whatever they are, number two team in the country. Uh, they only have two losses. He's their best player. Um, he won it last year, so I think he rightfully deserves to be the favorite. But just some of these other names, I'm not going to name all 30 guys, but some of the other guys that I'm looking for, uh, Dalton Connect for Tennessee, I think he's in the mix. Mm-hmm. If anyone's going to take it from Edie, I think he's probably uh, the next best candidate here uh, for Tennessee. He's averaging 20 points a game, five rebounds. Um, Hunter pretty, Dickinson? Pretty efficient. Hunter Dickinson. We can we can talk about Hunter Dickinson. He's in the My mix. My Michigan man right there. Um, Left for money, but Michigan man. Yeah, he was he was a Michigan fan. He he did leave. But Hunter Dickinson's in the mix, averaging about 18 and 11. Um, you know, he's, you know, shooting pretty efficient as well. Um, other than that, I'll, I'll give your guy a shout out, Ben, to Ron Holmes. Um, well, you, be, you can talk about him. not to. <laughs> For talking about the best um, players in college basketball, he's one of the five best. So he'd be irresponsible not to. I mean, I mean, Dayton is number 16 in the country. He is their best player. His stats are pretty, pretty solid. I don't know if they're quite on the Zach Eady level, um, but they're pretty good. Well, no, and then but no one's I, are. Zach Eady's eight feet tall. No one's going to have the stats he has. Yeah, yeah Zach Eady's pretty tall. And then selfishly, I got to give a shout out to Tyler Kolick, mm-hmm. uh, the point guard for Marquette, mm-hmm. who is now rising in the rankings. That's our to, boy right there. the number four. Um, he's averaging 16 points, seven assists, five rebounds. They got a big game today, Trevor. About 50% shooting, and he shoots. He's shooting 41% from three. Oh my man! Pretty, pretty darn. My favorite good, college basketball player, I would say. So, just some, just some guys to shout out there. Um, realistically, I'm looking through. I'm trying to see if anyone else here really has a a real shot, and I don't really think so. I mean, I think Dalton Connect's probably number two. And then between number three, if you want to argue Filipowski for Duke, you want to argue Dickinson, Deron Holmes, maybe even in the mix. Um, I, I think that's, I mean, even Armando Baycott for North Carolina, I think is kind of in the mix too, you could argue, with how good they've been. But he's competing with his teammate, R.J. Davis. So uh, t- tough call right there, but I think Edie's the favorite, and then you're kind of, it's a little bit of a race for second at the moment um, with Connect, I think, leading that pack. But uh, Ben, did, did you have any thoughts on kind of the the player of the year race we have going on? I mean, Zach, he should win. He's on the best team of the teams that have players on this list. I mean, um, I think he will win. He's phenomenal. But it's just, again, he's like eight feet tall. So it's 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 hard to uh, to argue against him because he completely changes the game the way that the way that when you watch Zach, he plays it's the most ridiculous thing ever. He looks like. He looks like like if a sixth grade team had like a dude that was like six feet tall on it, and everyone else is like five nine. Like he, he, all he's got to do is keep his arms above his head, and nobody can do anything about it. So he should win. I think he will win. But I mean, the other players are good too. Honestly, I love R.J. Davis. I'm surprised he's not as high on that list. I haven't watched him like a lot at all. Um, but like the two or three North Carolina games that I've watched, he's been phenomenal. And so I think he's incredible. 
But it also doesn't help that he's got to share the ball with Baycott, who I swear, Trevor, Baycott's got, he's got to be like 30 years old. I feel like he's been, he has to I feel have like been he's been in college. Years. I feel like he's been Armando in college. Armando Baycott has been there for so like 10 long. years. It's ridiculous. I They were showing like the all time, you know, North Carolina scores and Baycott's up towards the top or whatever. And I'm sitting there I'm like, oh, well, that's because, you know, he graduated last year. He was there for like 10 years. And then I, they show the game and he's on the floor. And I'm like, oh, he's still on the team. I just assumed he was gone. Um, so I mean that doesn't help for R.J. Davis's case, but I think R.J. Davis is fantastic. If honestly, if I were if I wanted to see someone win that wasn't Zach Eady or Drawing Holmes, I kind of hope it'd be R.J. Davis because he's, in my opinion, the most fun person to watch on that list. Yeah, I'm I'm also a big R.J. Davis fan. I I gotta uh, agree with that point. I'm looking here at like player stats just in all of college basketball, and I I filtered it by leading scores in terms of points. Uh, Zach Eady's third with 23.3 points per game. R.J. Davis is actually number 11. But the reason why I'm mentioning this is because our very own Bowling Green Falcons, Marcus Hill, is number yeah. 10, 21.5 right points per mm-hmm. game. So the 10th leading scorer in the country is yep. a uh, is a Falcon. So love to see that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. All right, well, we'll, we'll move along from college basketball here. Get to the NBA, Trevor. I know you're excited about it. We're currently in All-Star Weekend. As we're recording this, yesterday we had the Celebrity Game and the Rising Star Games. Um, and uh, today we have the, I would say what I would call the All-Star festivities. You know, the dunk contest, three-point competition. Uh, we have Steph versus Sabrina today, which I'm very excited about. Mm-hmm. Um but um, we did have games earlier this week, if I'm reading this correctly, uh, which I'm sure you want to discuss a little bit. So what are some games you wanted to break down? Yeah, so just just a few of the quick games that I was keeping a close eye on. The Timberwolves beating the Clippers 121 to 100. Uh, big one for the Timberwolves. Their defense, again, one of the best <laughs> in the in the NBA. <laughs> Timberwolves. There, there you go, go Ben. You, it's just every time it makes me laugh. It makes me laugh every time because you've been saying it for years, Trevor. Just keep keep being yourself. I love it. So the Timberwolves, they got their big win, <laughs> 121 to 100, um, which was important. These are two uh, contenders in the West, so that was a good win. Uh, we had the Bucks beating the Nuggets, 112 to 95. Uh, good defensive performance from them. Giannis went nuts in this game. He was awesome, as he continues to be awesome. He's he's Giannis. He's one of the best players in the NBA. It's pretty pretty clear that he uh, will continue to play like this and the bucks they have their doubters but i continue to be someone who uh l- let's see what happens in the playoffs you know people keep doubting the bucks they're talking about their defense their defense has been playing better and they held the nuggets to 95 points doc rivers um with him as coach now uh they they started off a little slow but i think overall this is going to be better for the bucks and i still like them to come out of the East, despite how well the Celtics are playing, because in the playoffs, it the game changes a little bit. Uh, it's going to become tight in those last couple minutes. You got to need a go-to score. The Bucks haven't. Damian Lillard, I don't care that he's been a little inconsistent. I believe in him uh, to get it together. A couple other games, Thunder beat the Magic. I got to watch a lot of this game that I was really happy about. I told Brandon, I, Brandon knows, um, because I'm so goofy, I was so hyped up about this Thunder Magic game. And it was a really good game. The Thunder beat the Magic 127 to 113. Uh, you know, Chet Holmgren had a, had a not not that great game. He was kind of didn't really have to do a lot. It was more about Shea Gilgis Alexander's big second half and Jalen Williams, who has been uh, an awesome player this year in his only second year in the NBA. It's kind of crazy. The Thunder, they have Shea. He was in his like sixth or seventh season. But then you have Chet, who is a rookie. And Jalen Williams, who's in his second year, those are their three best players. And they have 
the second best record in the West and the third best record overall in the NBA. So the Thunder continue to look good. The Cavs beat the Bulls 108-105. The Cavs continue to be on fire. Um, and then you have the Clippers being the Warriors 130-125. to So as far as my biggest takeaways from you know, being at the all-star break now um, and just from the week in general, the Cleveland Cavaliers, that's the first team I wanted to talk about because They're the Cavs, incredible. they are nine and one in their last 10 games. They're 36 and 17, uh, the number two seed in the East and the Cavs. They're another team that I think have, you know, have a lot of doubters. I would say overall part of it is because of the, I think the biggest reasons because of the way they went out in the playoffs last year. But I continue to be, I think, I don't want to say like an outright big believer in the Cavs, but I think I believe in them more than the average person does um, at the very least. And uh, Donovan Mitchell also. Donovan Mitchell's incredible. He's probably one of the best, uh, as far as just MVP candidates, not saying he's one of the best, you know, seven players in the NBA, but he's probably a top seven MVP candidate, I would argue, at this point with how good he's been leading this Cavs team with Jared Allen and now getting Mobley and Garland back. They're trying to get back in the swing of things. Mobley's offensive game. I think we've seen some baby steps forward in terms of Evan Mobley's offensive game, his jump shooting. I think it's taken steps forward. Garland trying to get back in the fold. His shooting has been a little rough, um, but overall he's been pretty solid. He just needs to pick up the shooting. And if he does that, the Cavs can rise to another level, um, honestly. So that's the biggest thing I want to talk about with the Cavs. They're a team who, compared to last year, have the same core, but they have better wing shooters. They have Max Struess. They have George Niang. That is an overall improvement from last season's team, which gives them a better shot, especially now that the Sixers are sliding down the Eastern Conference standings. They are now fifth, um, and they're without Joel Embiid. They also play one of the toughest schedules to uh, end the rest of the regular season. The Sixers do. The Sixers might continue to slide. They are uh, two and a half games up from the Heat, who are the seven seed, and two and a half games up from the Magic as well. They might slide all the way to the eight seed. I don't think they're going to slide out of the playoffs, but I think the Sixers are going to slide into the play-in tournament without Embiid, and that could create an interesting situation where the Sixers, like the Sixers and Celtics, we might get that first round. It might be a 1-8 matchup or even like a Cavs-Sixers 2-7. We'll see if Embiid does come back. If so, that's a really tough first-round matchup for whoever has to play them, um, but that's to be determined. Other uh, takeaways, the Clippers The Clippers are deep. They're a deep team. It's not just Kawhi Paul George and James Harden. It's Norman Powell. Norman Powell, one of the best role players in the NBA, the other night against the Warriors, had like four threes in the fourth quarter was a big reason why they carried or why they took that win away from the Warriors. Um, and then the last one is we'll just transition to the Warriors who are now 27 and 26. There's been some buzz about the Warriors. Like they're starting to get it together. They're starting to find their footing. They are eight and two in the last 10. So I'll give them credit. However, Steph still just doesn't have enough help. Like Clay Thompson is getting older. Draymond Green is getting older. I get that his defense still has an impact. They're still better when they have Draymond Green. I'm not going to deny that. But their ceiling is like still a first run next in the playoffs. The Warriors do not have enough help with Steph. The trade deadline is over, which means that they're not going to get they're not going to get anyone. So, you know, I get that Clay can still have his good game here or there, but 
The reality is, is that the Warriors are not getting out of the first round of the playoffs this year because Steph Curry does not have enough help. Um, and they need to figure out what they're going to do in the offseason. What kind of changes can they make? Um, because that's the only way they're going to compete with Steph Curry. Clay got benched for the first time since like 2014, I saw, which is a big deal. Yeah, Clay is now uh, a lot of Clay is not involved in crunch time in a lot of these games recently. They've been playing uh, pods. Brandon Podziemski, I think is how you pronounce it. So they've been playing him a lot more. And Clay did have a really good game in their last game. I think he went for like 35 points. But it that's a, that's a rare uh, appearance. That's a rare occurrence, I should say. So those are just my biggest takeaways. But uh, Brandon, uh, I'll go to you on this mm-hmm. one uh, to wrap up NBA. What are, what are some of your thoughts here as you look at the standings going through as we sit here at All Star Break? Yeah, I mean the Cavs got to be talked about. I they what, they have to be what like twenty. 20- five and like three in their past 20 games because they were on like a 50 or 14 and one and now they're on what a nine and one so they gotta be just like at this insane pace um i i hope they can keep it up i gotta go see a game now because they're so incredible just to see what this team's like in person um but they they're they're just incredible my main thing though here um was going to be about the 76ers and you actually talked about it they just aren't as good it seems like um and uh, you know, I mean, maybe they get it. Maybe they get it back. Maybe they don't. With Steph and the Warriors, I mean, we really—it's not sad as a, you know, a Cleveland person who did at a point in time root for the Cavs. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say I'm rooting for the Cavs right now. I'm, I'm not rooting against them because I'm not a big fan. Um, that we really have the downfall of the Warriors, and it's happening like very actively in front of our eyes. Um, and it's it's definitely interesting to watch. Uh, Steph is still incredible, but the rest of the team just doesn't seem to be quite up to par. Um, so we'll see what pans out there. But that's those are kind of my my little thoughts I had. Um, and I I think that's it. Anything else you guys want to discuss before we wrap up the pod for today? No. Shout I out mean, the Bucks. Been, yeah. I I the Bucks are just they're a dumpster fire. <laughs> dumpster fire. <laughs> Yeah. Are they not? Yeah. Am I wrong? Yeah. Am I wrong, Trevor? I mean, Doc Rivers has done a, done a terrible job. It's you it's are a, wrong. I'm wrong. What do you mean? He's yeah. been awful. What do you mean? No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. Stop, dude. Do you not all, the quote yesterday about how Giannis is like everyone's got excuses or whatever. All I know, stuff, and some they're, people they're are in Cabo or whatever. Yeah, dude, they're a disaster. <laughs> he did right say now. that. I saw that. He said like some of our play because two of their players are just on leave. <laughs> yeah, it does seem like a little bit of a mess. I don't know how it, I can't make a testament to how it's all fine in terms of games winning, but no. uh, it does seem like there's there's a, a culture mess over there. It's all fine. The Bucks are going to win the East. They're going to be in the NBA Finals. No, nah, it's a bold. So prediction. Trevor, I'll ask you this. I will ask you this, okay? Because you just said the Bucks are going to win the East. If you had to pick between, I think I know your answer, but if you had to pick between the Timberwolves and the the Thunder, <laughs> who's gonna? If one of those teams is gonna come out of the West, which one has the better chance to do? Why so? do we come by calling them the Timberwolves? Are they the Timberwolves still? Timberwolves, yeah, the Timberwolves. yeah, the Wolves, Wolves. Oh, you call them Wolves? <laughs> a Trevorism, another Trevorism. We know we yeah. we went over this about ten different times. Imagine um, if, imagine if, uh, um. Whoa, what was the what's the NBA dude's name that Trevor can't pronounce? Oh, um, Tobias, Tobias. Yeah, well, imagine Tobias if Tobias Harris. played for the. Imagine if he played for the Timberwolves. That'd be awesome. Timberwolves. That <clears throat> anyway, would be Trevor, crazy. Go ahead. I would love which it. Which team's better? Which teams? <laughs> w- w- if if one of those teams has to come out of the West, which one's coming out of the West? Um, between the Timberwolves and the Thunder. And the Thunder. The Wolves. Yeah. The Wolves. I think the Timberwolves for sure. Really? I um, thought you'd say Thunder. Not. 
Not for sure. I think it's a, a close call there. They have their own strengths and weaknesses. Uh, you know, Minnesota's their their defense is certainly a lot better. It's more equipped um, than OKC's is. I'm really I'm worried about OKC in certain matchups going against uh, the Nuggets. Certainly with Jokic, like they're just not going to be able to stop Jokic. They don't have a guy like yeah. Chet is you know Chet's a he's solid. He's a good defender for sure, but. You need another big body uh, in there. You need another like center or someone else. And they didn't get anyone like that at the deadline. They only they got Gordon Hayward, but that doesn't fix uh, the issue they have uh, for having another like center. So I'm worried about that with OKC. I think that Minnesota at least has some experience. The Thunder don't have any playoff experience with this iteration. So I like Minnesota better. It's also just a part of thinking about uh anthony edwards i know that he's gonna rise his level he's gonna elevate his level of play in the playoffs um that's what he did last year and they actually gave the nuggets a little bit of a challenge in that first round last year so i think their team's even better they've you know developed this chemistry over the past year and a half or so whatever it is so i i i think minnesota is a little bit more equipped to make a deep playoff run to to get to the finals than the thunder are all right Interesting analysis. All right. Well, I think we'll wrap up the pod there for today. Uh, thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. Of course, subscribe to the podcast. Leave five-star review if you enjoyed it. Go check out our website, thesmallballers.com. Link is in the description, as well as our Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, uh, at the small baller. Twitter. Both those links. Yeah, I mean, it's always going to be Twitter to me, but whatever. Um, but yeah, with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons.